Hey everyone, this is Achuta Bhava from Nightlight Astrology, and today we are going to take a look at Mars's ingress into the sign of Taurus, uh, which is happening today and uh, is going to last for you know a good month plus now. So it's a it's a good time to check in on what Mars is doing. But in order to do so, I'm actually going to throw up an old episode that I did from a series that a lot of people who are newer to my channel may not know about that I did some years ago called Planets in Profile. So a couple of years ago, I took Mars, Venus, and Mercury through all 12 signs and did videos for each of them called Planets in Profile. So today I'm going to give you a rewind so that you can look at the previous episode I did on Mars's entrance into Taurus or Mars's archetypal meaning while in the sign of Taurus. And I'm doing this because um, a lot of people who are newer to my channel don't necessarily know all of what is in my archives. There's like a thousand plus videos to look through. And if you search the keyword profile uh, or planets in profile on my YouTube channel, you're going to find uh, videos on the archetypal meaning of Mercury, Mars, and Venus through all 12 signs. Eventually, I'll continue with that series. It got sidetracked during the pandemic with a lot of other series and things that were coming up. But eventually, I'll take all of the planets through all 12 signs. It's a kind of a long-term goal. Probably maybe the moon sign will moon signs will come next. But at any rate, uh, before we dive in, don't forget to like and subscribe, share your comments, click the notification bell for updates. You can always find a transcript of my daily talks on my website, nightlightastrology.com, where you can learn more about my readings and my courses. Any questions, email us info at nightlightastrology.com. I hope that you will enjoy this special episode on Mars's entrance into Taurus. This will not be the last thing that we have to say about this planet. There's a lot of really interesting aspects that are going to happen while Mars is in Taurus. But I thought, especially since we're coming off the holiday and um, today, I also recorded a podcast with uh, colleague Chris Brennan and the Astrology Podcast. So I had a little bit less time and I thought you know, it'd be really good for people who aren't aware to get in touch with that old series, Planets and Profiles. So hope you will enjoy it and we will see you again tomorrow. Hi, everybody. This is Adam Ellenboss from Nightlight Astrology, and this is another episode of Planets and Profile. So in this episode, I'm going to be taking a look at the planet Mars and the sign of Taurus. If you're new to this series, I've been doing this for a while. Right now, I'm only tracking Mars and Venus through the 12 signs, um, giving you a little profile of uh, Mars and Venus in each sign. Um, and then eventually, I'll move on to looking at the other planets. But anyway, this one, we're looking at Mars and Taurus, which has just recently entered Taurus in February of 2019. So let's go ahead and take a look. Um, now, uh, Mars in the sign of Taurus. Again, I've said this in every episode. I'm going to repeat it in this one. If you want to understand a planet in any sign, you have to start by understanding whose house is it in. So when Mars is in the sign of Taurus, it's in Venus's home. It is a house guest in the land or home or temple of Venus. And so as such, bound by the rules of the guest-host relationship, which is very formal, Venus must provide for Mars. What does Mars want? Well, Mars is the god of war. So Mars wants things like violence, hunting, aggression, courage, valor, confrontation, blood, right? guns and knives, but also maybe chemistry and math and things that divide or cut. So Mars has its own character, its own needs. How does Mars get his needs met, so to speak, when he's hanging out in Venus's home? Well, Venus is going to have to provide, and she can't provide through anything but her own nature and whatever her situation is in the sky or in a birth chart. So you always have to look at that relationship very carefully to get a sense of exactly what Mars is going to be doing. 
if Mars is in Taurus, where is Venus? What is she up to? What's her situation? Is she in a good house or a bad house? Is she in a good sign, exalted, in detriment? What, like, what's her situation? Does she have a healthy aspect to Mars or is she in aversion to Mars or does she have an opposition to Mars or whatever the case might be? Knowing that, you can start putting the puzzle together. So in some ways, you can't really interpret a planet in a vacuum. It's just not what astrology was ever designed to do. However, um, hopefully, just even just knowing that you have to look at Venus's condition, that you have to get some sense of Mars in relation to Venus when Mars is in Taurus, uh, you will be better equipped to make a more sophisticated interpretation when you're practicing. So... Taurus is a solid fixed sign, comes in the middle of spring. It's earthy, feminine. It's a domicile of Venus, and it's the exaltation of the moon. So it's a pretty feminine hangout spot for both Venus and the moon. Now, um, it struggles to express itself naturally in Venus's sign. It's said to be in its detriment or its exile here because it's in the opposite sign of its own domicile. So Mars rules Scorpio, its opposite sign is Taurus. When it's in its opposite sign, it's in its exile. It's like being in a foreign country and not knowing the language. Whereas like being in a foreign country, you just it's harder to move around when you're not, it's not your natural environment. <clears throat> Similarly, Mars and Aries in its exile or detriment in Libra, the opposite sign, Venus ruled. Same thing with Venus. If you take Venus from Libra, put it into Aries, she's in her exile. If you take Venus from Taurus, put her in Scorpio, she's in her exile. Venus and Mars are <clears throat> adulterous lovers, you know? They have a forbidden relationship because we're talking about the God of war and the God of love. And so they have a complex relationship. Of course, there is a kind of yin-yang element to their relationship that is dynamic, creative, that's a part of sexual union and tension. Um, but there's also strife between the two of them. There's also something forbidden. We're not supposed to admit that we love war, you know? <clears throat> but think very quickly about what most people turn on the news to see every day. Conflict. People like conflict. People love conflict. That's the marriage between Venus and Mars. On the other hand, uh, the, the warrior <clears throat> desires the state of peace. Why am I fighting? Well, for peace. Why am I fighting? Well, for victory. Well, what does victory bring with it? Enjoyment, pleasure, reward, uh, cheer, a sense of uh, being appreciated and admired brings Venus. Warriors are dressed in the costumes of Venus. Um, warriors wear uniforms that are beautiful, right? There's something beautiful and orderly about battle, the, the uniforms of the football players. I don't probably not trying to, <laughs> some people will be like, no, you're not selling me. But think about it in the other sense. Think about a, a ballet, the ballet, the, the dancers. Yes, they're in beautiful, they're dressed beautifully or whatever, but look at their muscles, right? So amazingly how strong they are. There's something, right, strong and bold. and be So Mars and Venus have this intricate relationship with one another. It's not to say that, oh, well, you know, Mars just hates Venus or you know, Venus just hates Mars. But what we do need to understand is that Mars <clears throat> is having his needs addressed by Venus in Taurus, and that's difficult. It's difficult to go to battle when someone, like, you're like, I want to go to battle, 
and you know venus and taurus is like what about you know what about baking an apple pie and like going for a bike ride in the country you know <laughs> something like that and that's just difficult for mars and taurus so one of the things that you'll see is the the tension between um the aggression the will the domineering uh qualities of mars and the the more peaceful uh, venusian qualities of of, of taurus um, this can manifest itself in a lot of different ways. Um, for example, uh, sometimes you'll see uh, cases quite literally in a birth chart where Mars and Taurus may have something to do with, uh, you know, difficulties, um, violence, power struggles within relationships, because you're talking about um, some tendency for Mars to be conflicted within the realm of Venus. Sometimes it's difficulty in terms, it's a, it's a difficulty around expressing your will. You want to be strong, but you keep feeling an inertia, a sense of passivity, or you're, um, you, you don't want to cause a fuss. So sometimes, you know, Mars and Taurus will find a way of trying to control things and get their way while also trying to make everyone happy or content. It might be a great sign for someone who has to manage a big project or a lot of people where there's a need to create larger harmony, but to have an executive function at the same time. It could be great in terms of being able to get work done, productive, industrious, earthy, you know, in a way that's controlled, patient, conservative, balanced, you know, pleasing, um, but again, you could see Mars in Taurus struggling with the exact same elements. The, the element of um, motivation, the element of inertia, the sense of uh, wanting to control or be more domineering and, and really struggling with that quality. Um, so oftentimes you'll have, for example, people with Mars and Taurus are, um, you know, they, they'll struggle to kind of own their power. They, they'll have a hard time riding the line between being sort of uh, domineering and um, a likable leader, something like that. Conflicts with authority, um, uh, inability to be liked by others through the expression of your will. Um, you know, if you're, you're, you know, everyone has to express or exert their will. And um, sometimes there's just a, a way that you'll have if you're Mars and Taurus, just you express your will. And for whatever reason, it just rubs people the wrong way. Um, some of this, again, comes from a tendency toward passive aggression. That can be a Mars and Taurus kind of thing as well. So these are things you can think about in general with Mars in Venus's sign. Um, for example, um, my grandfather had Mars in Taurus with Jupiter also. Uh, he was a domineering guy, really quite a bully at times, in fact, um, but kind of boastful and proud. But he was so industrious and hardworking and got a lot done. Um, and he really struggled with wanting to be liked, but also being so good at what he knew he had to do to get something done and to make it look nice and be, be good, uh, that he just also couldn't stand or couldn't tolerate having to deal with people who got in his way. So he was conflicted about how to wield his sort of executive, you know, executive power in the world. That's a Mars and Taurus kind of situation sometimes. Um, 
All right, so that gives you some things to think about, again, with regard to Mars and, and Venus's sign. Hopefully that's given you enough examples to play with. Uh, interestingly, Hitler had, he was a Taurus son, but also had Mars in Taurus. Um, so don't, you know, I'm not trying to say that people who have Mars and Taurus are Hitler, but um, there is something bullish and uh, really domineering and sometimes the ability to be very powerful, but to also uh, deceive people into believing that your exercise of control or power is, uh, is a good thing. In other words, you could be someone who wields power and somehow it's attractive to others, even though it might be very selfish or again, very like bullying or whatever. So another thing was that my grandfather attracted a lot of people who really looked up to him and really admired him. Um, but it had to do with kind of some of his strongman thing. And just, he had a charm to the way that he used power. Um, and so don't, don't underestimate how attractive and alluring the, the Mars and Taurus can be, almost a little intoxicating, in fact. And you can see that a bit in the way that Hitler rose to power and ended up exerting so much power over uh, his followers and uh, was obviously um, uh, murderous as well. Uh, at any rate, um, not to say that he's alone either in terms of politicians in the world who do this. I'm not, um, I'm not ignorant of the fact that there have been many you know, terrible tyrants or dictators throughout history. He's just a good example of the kind of uh, conflictedness of Mars and Venus that you'll sometimes see with Mars and Taurus. Um, the constellation of Taurus was called the bull, and it was associated with fertility, but it was also associated with sacrificial offerings that brought the renewal of life. For example, sometimes bulls were slaughtered. But um, apparently the constellation of the bull, like other constellations, is really, really old. Like it dates back uh, to like 10 or 15,000 BCE, I read somewhere. And um, it, it used to be, because of the precession of the equinoxes, it used to be the constellation lined up with the spring equinox. So that's also interesting from just from the standpoint of its association with spring. And then the mythology was that when the sun moved into the sign of the bull, that it was sacrificing, that the, the sun was killing the bull. It was covering it up, killing it. And that uh, from its blood um, would come the offering, so to speak, that would bring the renewal of spring. So, and if you don't, if you know anything about star lore, Taurus has some of the most gnarly fixed stars in terms of like super malefic, difficult fixed stars. You got some of the Pleiades and the um, Algol and the, especially the later degrees of Taurus, but there is uh, a heavy dark side that's related to Taurus anyway. Um, the renewal of life in the spring was a, a lusty a kind of um, time. And, um, you know, now we think of that, we, sometimes we think of Aries being like that. But Taurus, remember, is also a sign that's aspiring upward toward the summer solstice. It's fixed, it's earthy, it's feminine, but it's also yang in a, in a more macrocosmic sense because it's on the yang half of year. It's a feminine sign, but it's on the yang half of the year and it's aspiring upward. And there's this sense of, um, I want, I want bullish. I want to get what I want at any cost. And on some level, it's deceptive that Venus is the ruler. 
um, because people think of Taurus and Venus. And again, they think of country bicycle rides, <laughs> apple pie and a blanket in the park. Um, but that's not all there is to the sign of Taurus. There is a tremendous like lust for power that can be a part of Taurus. And, um, and that's not, Venus is a part of that. Venus is also signifies part of worldly lust. Um, and uh, that's also part of the image of, of the feminine. Um, not that the masculine is, you know, uh, excused from that either, but it's one of the faces of the feminine that's part of Taurus. And also uh, the idea of there being a certain like warfare or lust. And so when Mars comes into Taurus, you also think about the, the more, the, the, the more of the bloodthirst of spring that's connected to fertility and sex and procreation and desire. And it's like the, the, all of that is fueled and on a certain level by, um, by, the, by blood. Um, because in this world, of course, everything is turning over constantly. Um, everything's eating one another. So um, sometimes Mars and Taurus just brings out the, the more um, sort of the, the, the image of sacrifice, blood, desire, lust, power um, that's also associated with the, the beauty and fertility of spring. Uh, and you'll see that um, sometimes in come out more strongly when Mars is in Taurus. So I hope that this was informative and that you got something good out of this. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to shoot them my way about this or about anything else at nightlightastrology at gmail.com. Just put YouTube Q&A in the question or in the uh, subject line. Okay, you guys have a great uh, uh, journey with Mars and Taurus and we'll catch up with you when Mars goes into Gemini. All right.